I'm Mike Franzone, and welcome to the Prophecy Channel. Well, we are looking through Revelations chapter 6, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And if you can look at one of my past shows, or Revelation 6, verse 1 and 2, we looked at the rider on the white horse, who I believe is the Antichrist. So today we're going to look at Revelations chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. This is the rider on the red horse. Let me read it to you today. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. I believe this very well could be World War III, not Armageddon, but maybe possibly a World War III. But let me also say this to you. Later on, you'll want to go back and read Ezekiel 38 and 39, and go back and read Revelation 6. In Revelations 19. Because of our uh, time constraints, we won't be able to get in detail in Ezekiel 38-39, but I do believe it's related to Revelation chapter 6, and especially the rider on the red horse. Revelation chapter 6 is where we see the beginning of the seven-year tribulation on earth. Also, a brief summary of what the world will look like during the seven years, kind of a snapshot of everything that's going to happen. So the tribulation is to judge this godless world and to bring Israel back to himself, back to Messiah, back to faith in Christ. Verse 1 and 2, the Antichrist rides on a white horse because it's a false peace. He makes a peace treaty with Israel. After three and a half years, he breaks the treaty and commits what the Bible calls the abomination of desolation in the rebuilt Jewish temple. Go back and look at a past episode. All right, today the second seal is open the red horse. Do you notice it was a fiery red horse? This is the color of blood, which means war. Much blood will be shed. This will be, I believe, a World War III. But I thought it was interesting in verse 3 as well, verse 4, that there was another horse, fiery red, who went out and it was granted. So the rider was given permission. There's no accidents with God. When you look at what's going on in the world, understand that God always has a bigger plan. And he says, it was granted to him to take peace from the earth. And you know, peace is the natural state of God and man's relationship. When God and man are in a great relationship, there is peace. When you remove peace, then confusion, war begins. If you take peace from the earth, war ensues. But I have to point out another word here in the Greek language. Another horse, fiery wood, went out. It was granted to, him, to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. And that's a very interesting word. I think we find it in 1 John uh, chapter 3 when it speaks about Cain killing Abel. Uh, it's a Greek word, sphazo, sphazo. It means to slaughter. The word kill here means to slay, to butcher, to wound mortally. A strong word, all right? A, even a stronger word than just to kill. He says, it was granted to the one on the riding on the red horse 
to take peace of the out of the earth. And it said that he should kill, that they should people should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. People will butcher each other. Matthew 24, 7 says, nation will rise against nation. The Greek word ethnos, I believe I mentioned that in my first video on this subject. It's where we get our word ethnicity from, nation, ethnicity. And today, look at the, all the ethnic groups that are fighting each other, black versus white, police versus Antifa, rich, poor, conservative versus socialist, Republicans versus Democrats. So all these little ethnic groups are fighting, even the Republicans and Democrats aren't ethnic groups, but they act like it sometimes. What is going on in America has a supernatural component. There's a demonic influence. It is Satan seeking to divide us and to conquer us. Marxism, communism, pushed by the radical leftists, is from the very pits of hell. And the whole reason you have chaos in these cities, run by Democrat politicians, is to overwhelm the system, cause chaos, crash it, and thereby they'll be able to control it. This is a, a, a communist, socialist, Marxist thing. You take critical race theory, 1619 Project, all of this is from Satan. It's demonic, it's devilish, and it's designed to separate us. You have to see another word here in, in verse 4, Revelation 6. He says, a great, given to him was a great sword. Don't go by that, past that word, uh, great. It's a Greek word, megas, which means huge. It's where we get our word mega from. He says this is going to be a large scale and intense war. A large scale and intense war. And the Greek word sword is a word that means the slaughter knife. I think it actually probably has more to do with the Roman short sword which was a weapon of war used for stabbing and cutting flesh. This will be, I believe, a World War III, but not Armageddon. We'll get to that in a second. It will take place, I believe, at the beginning of the tribulation period. Since 1900, we've had 100 plus wars. I mean, he's killed almost 200 million people. If we go back to Ezekiel 38 and 39, and I will in a second, it tells us, I believe, when the red horse rider will appear. And it begins with Ezekiel's vision in chapter 37. We won't read it. We're going to go to 38 in just a little bit. But 37 is the, the vision of the valley of the dry bones. He saw these skeletons. Suddenly they came alive and flesh began to gather on the bones. That was the picture of the rebirth of the nation of Israel. And that is maybe one of the key events in all of prophecy, because he says within that generation, Jesus will come back again. This happened in 1948. But right now, I want to show you the difference between Revelation 6, verse 3 and 4, Ezekiel 38 and 39, and Revelation 19, where the battle of the Armageddon is talked about. I don't believe that Ezekiel 38-39 speaks of the battle of Armageddon. And I'll get through some of this. Sometimes I'll read the scriptures, sometimes I won't. But remember, when you were done with this, when you get a minute, go back and read Ezekiel 38-39. and 39. Number one, in Ezekiel 
there is a selected group of nations. You can look at verse 1 through 6, and he says there's Persia, Ethiopia, Libya. He says Gog and Magog, which I believe is uh, uh, Meshach and Tubal, which I believe is, in, uh, is probably that part of Russia, the Muslim nations. Hold on to that. In Armageddon, it's all nations. It's not a selected group. It's all nations. So there's a difference. The second thing, the invasion in 38 and 39, it speaks about Israel being invaded. The invasion comes from the north. And these nations are moving from the north down to Israel. In the Battle of Armageddon, Revelation 19, nations come from every side. Number three, in Ezekiel 38 and uh, 39, there is a pro... Actually, Ezekiel 38, 13 says there's a protest against these nations. It says, Sheba and Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and all their young lions will say to you, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away uh, silver and gold, and to take away livestock and goods, and take great plunder? Hmm. These nations are protesting. What's going on? In Armageddon, there's no protesting. It just happens. In Number four, fourth thing, Gog in Ezekiel 38 is a person who heads the invasion. The word means leader or chief. He's either coming from Russia, Turkey, or Iran. But in the book of uh, uh, Revelation 19, the Antichrist will lead this invasion against um, Israel, and it will be the last battle I believe, besides the end of a thousand years against Israel. Number five, the invasion is stopped by an earthquake. There's confusion and maybe possibly nuclear weapons. That's Ezekiel 38 and 39. In the Battle of Armageddon, Jesus speaks a word and the armies are destroyed. Number six, in Ezekiel 38 and 39, the invasion takes place while Israel is living in peace and security. In verse 11 of Ezekiel 38, he said, You will say, that's these other nations, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who are dwelling safely. In Armageddon, when that takes place, Israel is running from the Antichrist, as I said before, running towards Petra for protection. An invasion, Ezekiel 38, 39, is at the beginning of the tribulation. And you can see this because it's going to be seven months to bury the dead, seven years to use up all the equipment and different things, and more specifically for, um, for fuel, etc. Armageddon is at the very end of the tribulation period. And then Jesus, and Jesus is coming back to intercede in the battle of Armageddon, ultimately to protect Israel and bring victory. Now, who is involved in the invasion? In Ezekiel 38, he says here that, that Gog, let me just read that to verse 2. Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog and the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal and prophesy against him. Gog is a title like president or Caesar, emperor, chief, or leader. Other countries are listed, all right, by geographical location. 
So you go back and read Ezekiel 38, you see Russia, the Islamic Southern Republics of the former Soviet Union, which are almost all, almost all Muslim. Turkey, he mentions here, Iran, Sudan, Libya, the Middle East countries, Syria, Lebanon, almost all Muslim countries from the north are coming down to take Israel out. And actually he says to take plunder. But how do we know when it will take place? Ezekiel 38, 16 says, in the latter days, which basically means the last days in the end time. In Ezekiel 38, 11, Israel will be at peace and they will live securely. It will be a land of unwalled villages, a peaceful people and unsuspecting people. Now, that's not happening right now. Most of Israel's history, even now, has been in conflict with the Arabs. But think about this. The Bible says that the Antichrist will make a treaty, a covenant. They're found in Daniel and in Matthew. He'll make a covenant with Israel, a covenant of seven years. In the middle of the seven years, he will violate that covenant, what's called the abomination of desolation. Could Antichrist's peace treaty allow Israel to let their guard down? Could Antichrist, who says he's going to protect Israel, we're making a peace treaty with you, all right? The world ruler is. And could it be that Israel lets their guard down and they do become a land of unwalled village because there's walls all over now and they become at peace? I think it's very possible and very possible it's going to happen at the beginning of the tribulation period, all right? Maybe even before we're raptured, maybe after rapture, maybe before we're raptured. Ezekiel 38, 12 says they're coming, these countries from the north, coming to take plunder. Israel is blessed with so many natural, natural uh, elements. Oil rigs are on the coast now. They've found all this natural gas, and they're just so blessed with riches and minerals right now. And they're finding more and more every day. Now, in Ezekiel 38, 11 through 16, it would take seven months to bury the dead. They are running. In Armageddon, they are running. They're running for their lives. They can't bury the dead while they're fleeing. They can't bury the dead while they're running. Armageddon is different than the battle in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Israel even sets up a city in Ezekiel 39 to set up a base of operations, a, t a temporary city, so they can bury the dead and cleanse the land. It will take seven years to clean up weapons and military equipment from World War III. So much, so much is left. So much fuel is left, Ezekiel 39, 9 through 10. And again, it will take seven years to use up the fuel or the weapons. Here's a summary of the end of the war. How are they defeated? In Ezekiel 38 and 39, there's going to be a natural disaster. Go to verse 18, 19, and 20. An earthquake. There is actually a huge fault line right now that runs through the middle of Israel. In Ezekiel 38, verse 20 and 21, it says there will be friendly fire. They will actually turn on each other and destroy each other. And here's what's interesting. A nuclear weapon could be involved because... 38, 22 to 23. Let me see if I can get that and read that to you. Thought that was very, and here it is. In Ezekiel 38, verse 20 to 23, I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. 
I will rain down on him and on his troops and on the many people who are with him, flaying rain, great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they will know that I am the Lord. But if you went to Ezekiel 14, verse 12 to 13, speaking of this, all right, speaking of this war, then you realize that these invaders are going to be consumed right where they stand. They will be burned up. And I think about Hiroshima and Nagasaki with a picture of, and this is what they said, the, the eyewitnesses said, you would be standing up in the water and the, when the uh, nuclear explosion happened, you were basically be burned to ashes while you were standing. So go back and read Ezekiel 14, 12 and 13. This part right here where the fire and brimstone is coming down, it's going to be hell on earth. It's possible that the invaders will use nuclear weapons that the earthquake will cause confusion and they will come against each other and sabotage because these people don't like each other either. They don't like Israel, but they don't like each other either. Israel uses nuclear weapons, has nuclear weapons right now. And if Israel is caught unawares, it's possible that they could use those weapons. In Ezekiel 38, 7 through 8, God begins to win his people over. The Muslim countries will be disabled in disarray and then they'll be able to build a temple. Once you get the Muslim countries have, you know, in the areas of temple, they're controlling that with a mosque there. But what if this war happens at the beginning and the Muslim countries are disabled and they take over Israel wins? And then guess what? They can build that temple. Think Muslim nations hate Israel. They have the dome of the rock. They would never want Israel to rebuild the temple. But if they're disabled, Israel can build whatever they want. All right. Revelations chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, I believe it speaks of World War II. And I believe it could be very well related to Ezekiel 38 and 39. This mega war that's going to happen. Great bloodshed on the earth. I'm Mike Franzona. Thank you for listening to the Prophecy Channel.